Welcome to the FFI Practitioner Podcast. I'm Jordan Rich. Our subject today is the changing role of women when it comes to estate planning and family business. And our guest today is Patricia Anino, nationally recognized authority on estate planning with more than 30 years experience serving the needs of families, individuals, and owners of closely held and family-owned businesses. She's written several books, including Women in Family Business, What Keeps You Up at Night, and Power, Strength, and Perseverance, What Women Know About Other Women, but search for in themselves. Patricia, thanks for joining us. You are the ideal person to reflect on the role of women when it comes to estate planning and family business. Well, Jordan, I went to women's colleges. I went to women's schools. I went to Newton Country Day School of the Sacred Heart, and I went to Smith College. And so I've always understood that women are powerful, have innate power. And I've also always understood that sometimes women have to understand that about themselves and figure out what to do with it. And as I've been doing estate planning for the past 30 years, I've seen a lot of examples of that come to fruition, where women look externally for power as opposed to looking deep within themselves and claiming their own power then figuring out what to do. So that really is the root of why I started to think about writing books for women and why I started to think about educating women on these very important topics. One of the titles of your books, as we mentioned, is What Successful Men Know and You Don't Yet. Is it more of an even playing field every year or is it still an uphill struggle? I think it's an even playing field. I think there's a psychology in it. And I think you're also asking a slightly different question, which is what my husband asked me when, we, when I was writing my first book, Women and Money, A Practical Guide to Estate Planning. And we were on a flight and he looked at me and said, what are you doing? A will is a will. A trust is a trust. Aren't wills and isn't estate planning for both men and women? Why are you just talking about women? I said, well, because yes, the content of everything that we do is the same, but the psychology of it is markedly different. And women spend most of their time making sure that everyone else is taken care of and protected, their husbands, their partners, their spouses, their parents, their children. And they forget what the flight attendant says every time you get on the plane. If the barometric pressure in the cabin changes Mm -hmm. and the oxygen mask falls down from the sky, put it over your own face first. It's only when you understand that, that you understand that it's your responsibility to protect yourself so that you can continue to do what everyone else is doing. And I've really never had anybody disagree with me on that point. There are so many facets to how legacy is is designed and what considerations come into play. Women have a different take, a different approach, perhaps, psychologically. Well, they need to. I mean, baby boomer women in this country will inherit twice, once from their parents and once from their spouse. So a tremendous amount of money is going to go through the hands of the baby boomer women. And Traditional estate planning, people think, well, what happens when I die? Do I have my affairs in order? And all of us should think about that, obviously, but we should also think about something else, which is what if someone we depend upon emotionally or financially predeceases us? Where are we on that? How are we protected? What is going to happen? The other thing is that a lot of women are very responsible and they are the people who are gonna be getting the call something happens to someone else. So if you know that, then making sure that person has their plan, their own affairs in order will make your life easier. But I want to tell you a story about how it was really driven home to me. A couple of years ago, I met with a very significant business owner in the Massachusetts area. And he'd been my client for a long time. And he just 
I'd say, well, let's do your estate plan. He's like, no, I'm not going to do the estate plan. Then one day I said to him, John, okay, you're not going to do your estate plan, but can we do a disaster plan? He said, hey, that's a good idea. Come on over. Well, Jordan, I don't think I have to tell you that what is a disaster plan? A disaster plan in my line of work is actually an estate plan, right? So I went over there and I met with him and he was in the boardroom. He had his male accountant. He had his male five financial advisors in the room. And we started to talk about his disaster plan, which is his estate plan. And he had a wife and several daughters. And I said, well, you know, have you discussed it with them? Who's going to be charged? All of us. He said, well, no, but now that you're bringing it up, that's probably a good idea. And when I tell that story, it's too easy to jump to a conclusion about him. His wife, when he left home that day, knew where he was going. She knew he was going to meet me. She knew he was going to discuss a disaster plan. And you know what that means, Jordan? It would affect her. And yet she didn't say, wait a minute, I'm getting in the car with you. So it's not his fault. A lot of women don't know that the keys to the kingdom are on the table. And all they have to do is pick them up and turn the key. Education leads to empowerment, leads to action. You have to be an active player in your own life. You have to step into your power. Now, we're talking about the work done with family businesses that have dynamics all to their own. There's all kinds of issues at play, power plays, ego, and so forth and so on. What does a woman in general bring to the table that a man might not or vice versa in terms of family business, figuring it out? I'm going to tell you, in my experience, it's easier for them to make the tough decisions. So if everybody knows that the oldest child is not really competent, but they've designated him to be the CEO because, or her to be the CEO because it's the oldest child, frequently it's the woman who will say to me, let's just tell the truth here. Johnny or Susie might be the oldest and might be, haven't been groomed for the last five years, but they're really not the right person for the job. And that's one of the reasons I think they make that statement is all of the other children have been talking to their mother independently and making it clear and giving specific examples. And so she knows a lot more at the emotional intelligence level and is willing to risk making those statements. I've seen that several times where it's become incredibly important. Explore that with me a bit more, because that's that's the most interesting thing to me, that women are captaining these ships and writing them in many cases. Well, as I just said, especially for baby boomer women who will likely survive parents and their spouse, they are going to be left with the decision. So frequently when the decisions are very tough, what I have seen that no decision is made while the couple is operating together. But once the husband dies, the woman has no alternative but to make the decisions because everything has become a lot more real. So she'll go through a process of what I call fighting the ghost, fighting those kitchen table discussions, fighting everything that's happened in the past. But ultimately, she will make that tough decision because someone has to make it. So the advice, I would imagine, has to do with being proactive if you're a woman in the family business or outside the family business. How does a woman go about doing that? Well, every single person I've ever met in life, including me, would rather be Scarlett O'Hara. Why do I have to deal with any of this now? There's always tomorrow. And the challenge I have as an estate planning attorney is to say, no, the time for planning is actually when there is no reason to plan. Because that's when you have the clearest head. That's when you can make decisions. That's when you can think everything through. And the female understands that at a certain level, but might be more hesitant about putting herself in the planning process. 
And what I'm advising is, wait a minute, step into the planning process and step into your power because your input is valuable, essential, needed, and it makes the whole process that much smoother. What constitutes a successful estate planning team in your estimation, Patricia? Because you you assemble them and you have them and you've had success. Tell us more about that. Estate planning lawyer, corporate or business lawyer, if there's a family business advisor, uh, a family business advisor, um, the accountant, and maybe the wealth management or banker. You know, it, it depends. I'm dealing with an estate plan right now, and I've never seen this. Because the personal debt is so high, they actually have a debt manager as their team with a playbook as to what happens if the patriarch dies, who deals and negotiates with the debt, and how is that going to get paid off? So part of it is generic, and part of it is very specific to the issues that are at hand. Mm. I'd also recommend that there be a family discussion at least once a year, because if the founder of the company is alive, he knows who the best candidates are to help sell the company if he's not there. He knows what the value is, and he or she knows who to stay away from. And if a key family member stakeholder dies, it's much better to have that person's head ringing in your ear when it comes to that decision rather than trying to figure all that out without the guidance of that person. Right. What happens when you're dealing with a patriarch, let's say, who is not believing that he is ever going to leave this mortal coil? I'm sure that happens and is stubborn about the idea of even talking about this because he doesn't want to face the inevitable. How do you negotiate that situation? I do exactly what I did with that other business owner. I cast it in a different term. Okay, you have developed disaster plans for every other aspect of your business. It's important you develop a disaster plan for this and for your family. And usually they respond to that. What are the mistakes that people make, uh, men or women, when they enter into the legacy planning, estate planning phase, particularly in a family business? What are the boneheaded plays that you should avoid? The biggest mistake that men and women make is they go to a, le- a lawyer's office, they, they look at an unintelligible stack of documents in front of them, they think it has something to do with taxation, they don't think they're gonna die, they're in basically good health, they sign them, they forget about it, they think their planning is done. And in that moment in time, Jordan, that stack of papers is a snapshot. And hopefully each of our lives is not a snapshot, but rather a movie with sequels. And it's almost impossible If you stop your planning then for the movie to end up getting an Oscar, because life is going to go on and circumstances are going to change and you have to get on the planning continuum and everybody has a planning tolerance. So what I like to say is start with whatever the person's planning tolerance is. Don't over plan, but understand the importance of planning and stick with it. Love the film illusion, by the way. That works perfectly in a in a mindset that I have about life, and I want to win that Oscar. Most of us want to win that <laughs> Oscar. So you you brought up a subject to me in the notes. What happens if everything falls apart? I don't know what that means. Everything falling apart. Maybe you can describe it. What happens when you're in crisis mode? And it does occur, I'm sure. It occurs a lot with the family business. If you don't have open communication among the stakeholders, then you have family businesses where. Because it's so mixed up, the family and the business are mixed up. You have family members making business decisions about the family, and you have family members making business decisions about the uh, about the reverse. So what you have to think about, a client of mine once came to my office and said her brother was about to sue her over control of the company. 
I looked at her and I said, you know, one of the things you might want to say to him is this, you cannot litigate love. So why are you trying? Because it's much easier to walk into a law office and ostensibly bring up these issues than to the issues that maybe the accounting wasn't right. Maybe my brother was paid too, thinks I was paid too much money. You know, factual, hardcore evidence. It's much easier to have that conversation than that he always loved you first, or I should have had the job at the beginning, or I'm working harder than you are. The psychological issues often drive the dissension in the family business arena. And lawyers are not the best equipped to deal with those. So they will deal with it on the factual level and a lot of them will misunderstand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And therefore, having a family business advisor with a psychological background in the case can be really critical, especially if it starts to go south. So it stands to reason that as you and your colleagues continue to do the work you do, the upcoming group of lawyers, men and women, should have a better sense of human psychology to be able to deal with these kinds of situations. It sounds more like therapy you're applying as well as as legal help. They should, if they're not a member of FFI, become one and they should attend the annual conference and they should listen to these podcasts and they should read materials because advising a family business is a multidisciplinary approach. It's an approach that involves the psychological aspects, the financial aspects, the legal aspects, the insurance aspects, the debt management aspects. It's complex. These are complex family systems. And there's an entire body of literature and knowledge it's been developed for advising the family business different than advising a, a, a client on an estate plan, whether you're a corporate lawyer or whether you're an estate planning lawyer. So it's a take charge mission that you have, obviously handling things with delicacy and politeness, but you have to lead the way as an attorney in this area, don't you? You do. And people have planned their whole lives and built their net worth up to the point where it's worth preserving that through proper continuous planning. So interesting chatting with you about this, Patricia. Let's circle back to the beginning, and we were talking about the empowerment of women. And I'd love you to comment one more time on the aim of your books and work in this area. I want to shift the focus away from the men to the women. It's women. It's time to wake up and understand that it's time for you to claim your power. Because none of this is about what men are doing or not doing, in my opinion. It's about what women choose to do. If you look at the history of the women's movement, right, The first wave of feminism handled the right to vote. The second wave of feminism handled job discrimination, divorce laws, legal things. The Me Too movement is working its way through sexual harassment. In my opinion, Jordan, all legal impediments are gone. And that means it's time for every woman to look inside herself and decide how much of her own power she wishes to claim and then how to deal with it. And it is up to her. It's her choice. You could be the best homemaker. You could be the best wife. You could be the best CEO. There is no external impediment anymore at all. And in the most recent book that I wrote, I talk about the behavioral skills that women should learn about claiming power, about soft power, which is really big today. But more importantly, you first have to understand that you have power. And that it is innate. And once you know that, you can't unknow it. And then it becomes, what are you going to do with this tapestry of your life? How are you going to make your life work? 
Thank you to our guest, Patricia Anino, voted by her peers as one of the best trust and estate lawyers in America, and an author of many books for women, including Women and Money, A Practical Guide to Estate Planning, and Cracking the Dollar Code, What Successful Men Know and You Don't Yet. You can also connect with us directly by visiting FFI.org. I'm Jordan Rich, thanking you for listening. Take care.